0: Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go, strong Calm podcast. Welcome, welcome back. My name's Aaron Dunn. StrongCom, C-O-M. That is the root word that means together or in common. And I use that word as a springboard to talk about three things that I'm passionate about, three things that I love helping people with, and that would be communication. and off, community building, online and off, and how those two things, when you put them together the right way, build stronger company, whether that's the company that you are building like a business or the company that you keep. Today, I've got a very special guest, a friend of mine, somebody I've known for quite a while, and he is a top producer in the direct sales industry. learned a lot from him of just being consistent on social media, creating value, communicating value, building a team. Uh, he's a former coach you can find him on instagram at x texas coach and he's always got some motivational
1: something to give you uh so welcome to the show Keith. thanks man glad to be here this is awesome i think you're bringing great value to everybody so uh i've been seeing your podcast for a while now and when you sent me the invite i was excited man yeah i
0: appreciate you being here sure. um so so the so the audience knows. Give a little bit about your background, if you would, before we jump into the three
1: C's, the core of the podcast. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Athens, Texas, home of the hamburger. About an hour <laughs> out from Tyler here. <laughs> uh, went to Crossroads High School. There's basically a, a, a pasture and a bar bar fence there, real small. Um, but really just, uh, you know, uh, very lower to lower middle class, um, and didn't do a lot of traveling growing up. Um, just, uh, pretty basic went to, went, went to college. I basically, I think a lot of us are told, Hey man, uh, the American dream, go to graduate high school, go to college four years, drown yourself in student loan debt, um, uh, work 40 plus hours a week um take that one vacation a year which a lot of times is not a vacation it's more like a stress fest because people are stressing over every expense they make and then hey retire when I'm 70 right I mean that's and that's what I was that's what I was on my way to doing like you said I was I was uh, a high school coach okay. for I was a high school coach for 11 years and uh one state championship my coaching resume looked great but the savings account didn't. So you want
0: to state in football? Yeah, football.
1: Basically. Gilmer out here in East Texas. I was wide receivers coach, actually, uh, and then back in '07, uh, we played for the state championship in basketball. I was at a little school called Martin's Mill uh, in front of about 10,000. We lost by a couple, and Governor Rick Perry put the silver medal on our necks and gave us a tour of the state capital, and so that was kind of cool. But it's great getting to work with kids, you know. Um, but so just spent a lot of time in Texas, during football especially, is no joke, man. You live at the field house. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a grind.
0: So that's what you were doing. And then?
1: Yeah, that's what I was doing. And uh, actually, uh, I was a single man. I was in my lower 30s, uh, I 32, somewhere in there. And uh, there there wasn't a whole lot of uh, action for a, a single guy in Athens, Texas. So I jumped up to Oklahoma City, got a wild hair, took a six six eight coaching job up there. Um, and at the right about that time, uh, I had a friend message me about a company and, um, you know, I blew her off like five times. She said, look, this is something you can do from your phone on the side. And, uh, it's always that, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It it, like the,
0: the meme comes
1: to mind, right? Have you seen the meme Uh Uh.
0: where it's like a meme where, You've got a uh, some like somebody from high school messages you. And oh yeah they, yeah, they they've got like behind their yeah. back, you know.
1: Yeah, no this. And this lady was, online business, right? Make money. This lady was actually uh, somebody I used to pick first graders up for in PE and uh, uh, for for to take to PE from her class, but yeah, I was just you know I never knew it. so it caught me off guard because all I knew was teaching and coaching and I went to all the clinics and I was passionate about coaching, um, but so anything different than that was strange to me because that's all I knew was teaching and coaching. And I blew her off like five times. But then, you know, I got started and um, I did like the fact that I've never been scared of work and I knew that I needed to get ahead in life. And I think that's where a lot of people are because they work a full time job and they're like, dude, I'm in debt or there's some things that there's more that I want to do with my life. I didn't have kids at the time, but I knew I would one day and I knew I would have a family and a wife. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be in the same spot you know, five years from now that I'm in now, and so I, I started, I started thinking. Of my, it's perfect timing that she messaged me, and I think timing's important because I was already thinking about going and getting a job in the off season on top of the one I had. I'm mean, again, I'm not scared of work, man. Put me in a pasture, I'll throw hay bales with the best of them. I detailed cars during college for money, like you know, whatever. But I thought, well, this is cool because it's something I can do on the side. Uh, I'm busy already. I don't really, you know, I don't have a boss, but I have help. I think my first check was like 38 bucks. I was driving a banged up O2 Chevy single cab that the AC only worked on five, but it would part your hair, you know? Uh, So 38 bucks, dude, I was like, I'm gonna go get a steak dinner at Cheddar's. We had a Cheddar's (laughs) up next to Oklahoma City. So I was fired up. Um, But yeah, that's, that's where it started for me.
0: Yeah. But it quickly, what was it quickly? Because there, because you I wanted to talk to you and bring you on because you have experienced an enormous amount of success within direct sales. Yeah. And there's a lot of questions around direct sales. People oh, yeah. have all been, we've all had that, that person that introduces us to a company and opportunity yeah. and blown them off at, yeah. you know, some time. So yeah. could you tell, talk about a little bit about like you, have you've had, you, you've got there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I and I think it's about perspective, uh, how you how you look. At, I mean, you know, and there's there's a there's a wrong way to do it, and there's a right way to do it. Like anything, you know, there's there's a right way and there's a wrong way, and we try our best for sure to teach the right way. But um, but yeah, I mean, I just I rolled my sleeves up and um, put some time and effort into it on the side, and uh, it's kind of like any business. And honestly, in a lot of ways, it's if I go start a restaurant right here in Tyler, Texas. I hope people come, they enjoy it, and they go out and tell everybody that it's great, you know, um, or, or any business, you know, gym, whatever. And so I got that first $38 check. Well, that was a friend who had gotten on some product, and he really started to get results, and he knew people. And, you know, I remember being in class one day, and I had people purchasing some things that I didn't know. So, you know, referral, whatever. And so I just started kind of pouring more gas on the fire, started. Putting more, you know, I started reading some leadership books. Uh, I remember one of the first books I got was sent by a mentor called The Butterfly Effect. I thought this is kind of silly, you know. Uh, kind of read it real quick, threw it over there, whatever. Didn't get it. And then months later, I was I was at a friend's, and he and this was a friend that I had introduced to the business, and he had helped some people have some success. And one lady is sitting there crying, she had tears in her eyes, talking about I've lost 40 pounds and my knees don't hurt anymore. And I'm over there. and I'm thinking, all right. So if I didn't tell my friend about this, then that lady wouldn't be telling that story. And then I started going, that's the butterfly effect, you mm-hmm. know. And essentially, that's what it is. I mean, that's that's what we do. And and so just really poured gas on the fire. And I mean, within it was I had started in August 2012, and by spring of 2013, nine months later, I was sitting in the principal's office, and I said, "Listen, man," I said i'm out i mean i had tripled my teaching income and i was like i'm just gonna see what happens and uh so i packed up left oklahoma uh wasn't for me massive big tornado came had ripped through there and i'm like all right one year i'm out mm-hmm. and went back to texas but and it's been that way since you know work work from home ever since then
0: yeah and, and it's been a snowball essentially
1: yeah yeah it's uh you know, I had a chance 2015, shared a story up in front of 20,000 people at Cowboy Stadium about how, you know, honestly, I had a, uh, man, I used to hit the whiskey bottle hard uh, every night. I would get home, not married, no kids, no wife. I was in a bad spot. I, you know, really was in a bad spot. Um, had lost a lot of hope. I just, it's like I was just working so much. And I had one trip every year, and that was float the river with the fellas in a 30-pack. Not that that wasn't fun, but I just didn't see beyond that, you know. And I'm sure we may talk about it later, like we've been able to travel and things, but that's just – that's what I did. And um, so I forgot where we were, lost track of what we were talking about. Well, I was just kind of touching yeah. base,
0: given context of, like, yeah. like how, how things have – it just – you know, the, the, the momentum. You got yeah. – you know, that $38, then, you know, momentum built, and then nine months later you're, you're quitting your coaching job. Yeah. And then from there you're starting to and, and become. Quite,
1: and quite honestly had helped some other people uh, do that because kind of like we were talking about earlier before we went on here, I was like, man, it's if this guy's making 500 a month, that means he can tell you probably some stories of people he's helped. But if this guy's making quite a bit more, This guy's gonna be able to sit here and tell you stories, and and he's gonna tell us way more stories than this guy can tell of people that he's helped. So you got to help people. It's a Zig Ziglar quote, you know, like it's something like uh, if you have to help other people get what they want, if you want to get what you want. And Mm -hmm. there's so many misconceptions because like when I was a teacher and coach, the guy, the guy that was a janitor, I don't care how hard he mopped the floor, he is never gonna make more than me. Like Mm -hmm. it's not even possible. And I was never gonna make more than the principal and it's like you know in in our in our business like the lady that brought me in we made three times more than her Mm -hmm. you know so and and then at the end of the day after somebody processes that usually the first thing they say and you know and for me it's always an east texan with a big old chew in his mouth (laughs) yeah well but 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 and i already know what's coming but that lady still makes money off of you and i'm like do you think I care <laughs> perspective it's right. all well she's about,
0: she's gonna be pretty happy,
1: yeah, I don't think yeah, you know she you know who t- who knows what uh getting the. you know every month there, but but that's cool, everybody wins, and my point is like if I'd have stayed where I was, it didn't matter how hard I worked I mean I got a, when we won a state championship, do you think I got a raise, nope, right not get a raise it's like, yeah, you know,
0: so you got into an opportunity that uh, allowed you to make more or well earn there's no ceiling yeah no ceiling exactly There's no ceiling
1: and then you know and i'm not sitting here telling and that's the thing if people are telling people it just fell in their lap or it got it handed to them you know they're lying um or you know you have to look at the culture of the of a company first just like in any job any school i went to i had to look at the culture of it Mm -hmm. um and and before i wanted to take the coaching job so you know, he had to roll your sleeves up and and put in the effort. Um, but I always say this: people say hard work pays off, and I always say that's a huge fat lie. It depends on who's paying. Because me and you can go out here and dig ditches and just bust it all day long more than the guys around us, but we're probably gonna get the same paycheck. Sure. And it's not gonna be much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the the value has to be there. Right. You got to be playing the right game. Yeah. If you want to win the prize that you know, the bigger, the bigger prize, you got to play a bigger game. Exactly. The, um, and, and one thing that, I uh, you touched on that I kind of want to highlight is, is the fact that, you know, even with your own success, your success is not only yours. Right. The reason you're successful is because you're have helping other people have a similar amount of success, right. uh, in their own lives. If exactly. it's, if it's financially or with the products that you've got,
1: right. which are nutritional. Yes. Yeah, you, it, you have to, you have to put the energy in to help other people, uh, succeed. I mean, you know, first it's sitting down with them and finding out what they want out of it, you know, mm. and then making it a goal for yourself. And then again, you can only help people so much, man. I mean, uh, you, that person has to be motivated to change things too. I mm-hmm. mean, they gotta have the drive, you know, to, to, to make it happen at some point. You can only do so much at the end of the day. Um. You know they're the variable. That's the thing about what what we do, and I think probably what a lot of people do. Uh, you are the variable. You know.
0: Yeah, I think well, yeah, it's it. That's that's a truth in. That's just a truth. Yeah, you are the variable for how how much success you're going to have. However, you determine what that success actually is.
1: And I think a lot of times people look at people successful. Look, man, if I see a dude making twice as much as me or something like that, are they making a lot? I have nothing but respect because I know. You know, we're, we're, we're very successful, but I know the work that it's taken to get here. And if this dude's over here making more than me, oh, then he's been getting it like hats off to you, dude. Like respect. That means you've been grinding. You've been on the phone. You've been answering questions. You've been mentoring. You've been putting the rubber on the road, going and helping people Mm -hmm. like you've been. Or even,
0: you know, and I think one time, you know, sometimes we, we, I had this, uh, story on a, on a coaching call that I did the other day, like. I made that. I made that point of just like the the if we're talking about finances, we're we're talking about you know the the amount of financial success somebody has is gonna be a reflection of how much contribution and how much they've poured out and given. But you could argue like, well, that's not always the case for everybody. Some people just get lucky, and I I gave the example (laughs) of I gave the example of like Richie Rich, right? Like the spoiled rich kid with a with a rich dad or something like that but even then like that that dad or like that person even if you call it luck or not has to be in the wake has to be in the in the environment of where that uh fruit has been brought to bear you know what i mean
1: yeah exactly I mean, they say the harder you work, the luckier you get. I think it's very true. You put yourself in more position. I always say, massive action solves all problems. Imperfect action is better than none. You know, so people here, like, there's plenty of people smarter than me. But the thing is, while they're over there twiddling their thumbs, trying to figure out the exact this, the exact that, I'm I'm out doing. You know, and um, and what people fail to realize or admit is we all started somewhere. I started at zero, man, just like everybody else. Like nobody handed me anything. You know, so I hate it when people twist it and say somebody, like you said, is lucky like it, that. That's excuse makers are the ones that sit because it makes them feel better about where they're at. Oh, well, they're there because they don't ever want to admit, oh, it's because they had more drive. They had more. They put in more work, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's easier to say, oh, they're lucky. Yeah. You know,
0: so I think that gives us a good amount of context on just kind of like your background, where you're coming from. Yeah. And so I want to jump into the three C's of the podcast, and we'll talk uh, about communication first. And so I'm kicking this uh, season of the of the podcast with a few questions that I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. And this one I haven't ever asked uh, anybody. So uh, this first one is, what's a topic you wish more people were talking about? Like what's something that you see in the world? It it could be, it could be business. It could be personal life. It could be culture. It could be, it could be the world. It it could be politics. I don't care. What's something that you wish more people were having more conversations about?
1: Man, I think, uh, just in the realm of kind of what we're talking about, like I just, you know, entrepreneurship, really. I mean, I wish more people were talking about that. I think like I look at my, I've got a three-year-old and eight-year-old son and then a one-month-old brand new baby girl at home. But I think that they're just jammed. It's jammed down their throat so much of what I said earlier, like just, you know, we're conditioned to do, you know, graduate high school, go to college, get in student loan debt and not to think for ourselves to be creative. Um, And I would rather my kids learn like communication, like great communicate people skills, um, you know, like have great work ethic. That's going to get them further in life than anything. And, Mm -hmm. and, just so i just wish more people were talking about our entrepreneurship i really do i would never talk you know my dad worked at a glass factory and he worked at guardian glass in corsicana texas and he worked so much he's gone all the time and i just thought that was that was it i mean that's that's what you do he never never talked to me about entrepreneurship none of my family did um so i just wished somehow that was uh conveyed more to yeah. the younger generation
0: I, I feel like it is conveyed quite a bit these days with yeah, like social, on social media, media. It is, you know, like yeah, I like agree. it's definitely it's definitely people have a greater awareness of like hey there it is possible to maybe make my own source of income.
1: I think I think with that though that they need to get the message a little better because like I see like these dudes, man. This dude still lives with his mom and he went and rented a Lambo and he's sliding across it talking about get involved here and like he's never if you really put two and two together this he's never had he's never helped anybody succeed he don't have much success but like what I'm saying with that is like intertwine with these younger kids intertwine that with the fact that you have to put in effort too and you gotta you gotta be mentally tough and you gotta be consistent you know consistency is key as they say because a lot of times it is like be an entrepreneur cool and like I'm standing in front of this Lambo but like you know um, it's not yours though, and like, what does an entrepreneur mean? You know, uh, yeah, all those things. Intel inside of it, uh, the effort, the the mental toughness, being able to get knocked down and get back up.
0: Yeah, the risk.
1: Yeah, exactly. What it say? I I just posted something on, as a matter of fact. Speaking of Insta, yesterday it said no uh, no risk dot 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 no story. Mm. And I think about all the. I'm like, dude, when I was in Antarctica these guys are standing there defri- defibrillators and we took a te- tequila shot before just to get the nerve to do it, yeah. getting a white robe, nothing really underneath, maybe some draws, you know, you got your zebra striped speedo, but, uh, <laughs> jumped into the waters of Antarctica, man, with d- dudes with defibrillators standing next to you. It's like no risk, no story. I can tell that story now, you know? Uh, yeah, it hurt. Yeah. Uh, this water was so cold, but I think any of us, you know, it, the best stories we can tell is probably before we went, Oh boy, you know, and took a risk, some type of risk and it probably made for a great story. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I mean, and really pass or fail. I mean, you know, you can, you can definitely tell that story and and, and glean some value out of it. We'll get into storytelling, but uh, another note that I have in communication was, I wanted to ask you about coaching and business because you have experience of being successful within a coaching environment, coaching a team to win a state championship, and that doesn't come lightly at all. Right. So I was I wanted to get your insight on just the, the the practice of coaching, and like what within within communication, like what what makes a great coach, and especially like if you want to get into a coaching conversation, what does that conversation
1: look like? Like if you are coaching someone, yeah, on in, anything, and yeah. So I think, it, I think you have to find out what they want to uh, achieve. What are they looking for? And sometimes as a coach, you have to help pry it out of people. You know, how much do you want to make? I don't know. You'll get that a lot. There's so many people walk around. They have no clue. What? They don't even think that way. I always hear the lower class is, lives day to day. They're just trying to survive. Middle mm-hmm. class thinks maybe week to week. You know, and then you're wealthier, think years out generationally. So, most people you're talking to, I hate to say it, man, they're not even thinking past today. So, you ask them something like, How much extra would you? Uh, I don't, so, you help pry that out of them. Okay, what would you do with that? Uh, and they come up with an answer. Now you've got them dreaming a little bit. So, I think that's a lot of coaching uh, because, like, when I, that's the first step I should say. Because, like, when I'm coaching a brand new, I took, when I went to Crossroads, Texas, where I graduated the year before I'd gotten there, they had only won, uh, they had only won three games. And I, the first thing I did is set them down. And I mean, we just got finished getting beaten a state championship, you know, in Austin, Texas. So uh, you have to get them dreaming. And I'm like, guys, you know, here's the, here's the playoffs. Here's what it looks like. And here, here's where I just got finished was in Austin. And look at this experience. And I pulled up on a projector, like, we still use projectors then. Wow. Uh, <laughs> like, here's what it looks like. And, now we have a target. So I think to answer your question there, you have to get a clear defined target for people cuz then what are we even shooting for? Like I just bringing the gun out to the gun range and I'm just firing all over the place like where's my target, you mm-hmm. know? And now I've got to so you help them acquire a target um and paint paint a desirable picture for them, you know, something they can attain. Yeah. Uh yeah. So I, I think that's kind of in a way and then a good coach motivates Definitely. And you can't always like baby people like I mean, I had. Yeah. Every day doesn't smell like roses, but sometimes you got to take the back of your foot and put the heel into your own butt cheek, you know, like, kick yourself in the butt. Um, and that's why all honestly entrepreneur. It's not for everybody because, look, I can't get you know, nobody's going to like fire me like I have to put myself to work. And some people are really good at showing up and working for somebody else, where they know there's a threat of being fired if they don't do their job. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I've brought I've brought guys in before that said, "Well, I'll give it a I'll give it a try." And I'm like, "Well, try your job; you'll be fired by Friday." Mm-hmm. Like, no, you like. But others of us are like, "I'll do it," you know. So, but um, and I guess my coaching style is kind of that. It's a little bit. I know I'm very black and white, and that may not appeal to everybody. But I mean, everybody's different. And, uh, but then again, there's some guys like, yeah, I needed that, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, a good coach uh, motivates and then, uh, you know, um, encourages, teaches, obviously. I think a good, a good coach slash leader leads from the front too. That's something my wife and I try to take pride in. If anything, is there never an incentive put out? There's a trip, you know, we always go for it and we get it. I mean, like we show, we're not just telling you, Hey, go do this, uh, we would do our very best to lead from the front. I think that's what a coach does. Yeah.
0: Leading by example. And I like how you put that because, you know, the, the coaching that I receive and what I try to help people do within the coaching framework in in that relationship Mm -hmm. is create an awareness for people of like, Hey, this is possible. And that's, that's partly why I wanted to have you here is because, you know, you go from 38 to X amount, you know, like, A lot more than that. So it's like it's like it is possible. There Mm -hmm. is, you know, no matter where you're from, yeah, you know, you can be from a small East Texas town. You can be from wherever. It's about like how much work you're going to put in and effort you're going to put in, and understanding that it's like lifting the lid, making it aware that like, you know, it's just a matter of having the right amount of think and the right amount of actions, yeah. and then just mapping, the, mapping it out from there.
1: Like you said, lifting the lid, that makes me think. I mean, early on when I was having some real, you know, started to have some really good success, I earned a trip on the Venetian Voyage. So we're on this, like, largest sailboat in the world uh, in, in over on the Mediterranean. And I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm making, like, you know, whatever it was, three or four times more than when I was teaching coach a month. And I had guys, like, jump me. I'm like, what? They're like, don't ever say that. You're good. I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's exactly the lesson they gave me was lifting your lid. They said, because if you say you're good, like that's, that's as far as you're going to go. They said, you know, I know you like fishing, man. You talk about fishing in the lake and all that. When you get back home, you know what you ought to do in Tyler? You should go get a realtor to take you out to some homes on the lake that like there's no way you can afford right now. And I was like, for what? They said, because that'll lift your lid. It'll make you think, oh, I'm not good. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think you have too many people tell you, we live kind of in the Bible belt, man. Like, oh, well, you're just, uh, you know, you're motivated by money or money's not important. You're greedy. Yeah, you're greedy. Dude, money's not important. Why does a preacher put the offering plate out on Sundays? I mean, <laughs> why you go to work on Monday, you know? <laughs> right,
0: right. Yeah, and, you know, it's, that's, a, that's a concept that, you know, money isn't everything and nobody's saying that. Right. But, you know, we all know that uh, a twelve hundred dollar check from the government that, you know, everybody's still waiting on is still not enough, right. regardless if you get it or not. Right. And so like and it it sometimes, it, te- it you know, it might take a pandemic for you to really get a sense of, you know, I'm not as secure as I thought I was. Right. You know, and it's really about creating a, an environment where you can actually have a, a sense of freedom because you have the ability to create your own economy regardless of what's going on behind it and you're in the right you're uh you're in the right frame of mind to not to be proactive for your own success instead of reactive on what's happening around you and and just relying on what the what the culture is telling you you're going to need to do to survive i think the worst thing the plague the real true pandemic is Survival is really yeah. what everybody's doing, yeah. and instead of really pursuing the the quest of thriving, yeah. which we're all here to
1: hear and capable of doing. Mediocrity, I agree. I've said that for a while. Is like that's the true problem. Like you know, it, it, everything's cool if you're sitting around your buddies, slamming brewskis in a East Texas fire, which I've done many a nights, and you're griping about your life or your boss or this and that. But boy, oh boy, you start talking about how I want to, I want to travel to here, and I want to make this much, I want to do that. Now you're getting looked at like you're a weirdo. Okay, there's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That's when you know there's something wrong with that. That shouldn't be that way. But today's in society, mediocrity is accepted. But you start talking beyond that, in in a lot of places, you're gonna get looked at like you're some freak. You know.
0: <laughs> right. Right. All right. So um, just in the interest of time. What makes a good, you're a storyteller, what makes a good story?
1: Uh, Well, I think the story, I think being relatable goes a long way. I think one thing that helps me is, I uh, just, I mean, just being relatable. You have to be real, be you um, when you tell the story, first of all. And, and I think a good story is, well, probably relatable for other people. As a matter of fact, not just you telling the story, but like, the story you tell being relatable. So finding out, okay, so obviously if I'm telling a, a story to someone, I want them to think it a good, it's a good story. Why would they think it's a good story? Because it's something that hits a nerve with them. Is this person, you know, I just think of people we've helped, like is this person a fireman that is, you know, they don't get paid what they're worth and they're in over their head and they got kids? Well, I got a buddy who I can tell a story because he did something different. They're in a lot better shape now. He's a fireman here in Tyler. Okay, well obviously that's a great story for that guy. He can totally relate. So I always say stories are like your ammunition. Like the more story the reason I can walk out of here right now and have full-blown confidence anybody you throw in front of me, I've got confidence cuz I've got I've got all this ammo on my in my backpack, mm-hmm. these stories. And so and what I say that is because I've got such a variety of stories, you know, nurses, like Coaches, stay-at-home moms, you know, this person that weighed this much, whatever. Um, so I think I think it's uh, being able to give that person a story that really connects with them is, is probably one of the most important things. And then also painting vision for people of what I kind of talked about just a little bit earlier of it, within that story, letting them realize through that that, hey, that's possible for you. You know, it's possible. I'm not making promises. I'm not guaranteeing you anything. I'm just telling you these are things this this person was where you are and they because they did something different, they're here. You know, um because again, a lot of people are talking to they're not even thinking past today. So if I can help them dream a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, then that's effective story.
0: Excellent. All right, let's uh let's shift gears into the second C which is Community building. So uh, I ask this question to every podcast guest that I've got. It's called the village question, and it goes like this. So, Keith, uh, pretend that you are starting a village. Somebody comes to you and they say, hey, I got this plot of land. Uh, We want to start a a, a town on it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and you're like, okay, cool. Sounds great. Um, But there's some parameters that, you know, in order to get people there, You can only use four signs and on the four signs, you can only put four values or principles to attract people to that village. So my question is, and the village question is, what four values or principles would you put on those signs to build that community, build up that village and get the people that you want to be around around
1: you? So like somebody's going down the road they're looking for a village but you're trying to attract them to yours and you got four signs is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, essentially. And just what 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 values or principles? Not anything like like turn here, but like what's a value or principle that you feel would attract I think that kind of person that you, you probably be
1: uh safety. You know, not just comfort, but I think you could say either safety or security, something like that. People want to know that they're in a a place they can trust, a place that they're, you know, can be safe. Um, and then another one I would say, um, man, that's a you put me on the spot on this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's more fun, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I would I would put on a sign, uh, you know, help available. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, I'm going here, but uh, you know, I'm going here, but man, you know, I'm the new guy, and I'm looking around, and uh, I don't want to feel left alone. But boy, that that kind of warms me up a little bit. Okay, there's help available. Whatever that help, you know, whatever that may entail, but help available, mm-hmm. so safety, help available. I think that'd be good. And then, uh, uh, freedom to be you. I think you got to value the individual. Uh, value that people are gonna be different, and you know you don't want a cult <laughs> uh so free freedom to be you and another one uh free pizza no, I'm just kidding uh might <laughs> get some right? people though huh? yeah, it
0: could be somebody's value too it oh, wow.
1: could'd <laughs> probably get me that'd probably do it for me just one sign free pizza uh, let's see uh. Um. Man, what is another one? So part of what people would want to be a part of in a village. Yeah. Um
0: and 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 really, you know, the purpose of the question is really to get underneath and see where you're at right. as, as as well like so what's another value or guiding principle that you've got that you might throw on that last one?
1: Um I would say um um understanding um, like yeah man it all mine kind of roll into each other because it's more it's like safety and you know have you know having an understanding of of the individual um, it's hard for me to think really beyond that because I think that's what people want to be. They want to know that when they go somewhere, there's going to be understanding, honored as an individual. There's going to be safety. There's going to be help available. You know, I think those are big, big things for people. Really.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Oh, I, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I ask this question to every guest, and it's always very unique. Yeah. And it's, I bet. You know, it's 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 different every time. But uh, and that's that's no different. I mean, it's very unique. But I think they are powerful. Uh, statements when you're trying to think about how do I build a community and one thing uh, one book called the culture code talks about if you want to build a successful team uh, if you want to build a, a prosperous culture then security is like the number one thing everybody oh, yeah. has to have a se- sense of safe safety environment right because um, otherwise you're not going to be able to get the vulnerability necessary to get the relationship built and things like that so I think that's really a a powerful thing. I think helping is really great, and then yeah, everybody wants a a, a freedom, right? Individual. And then, I
1: think once you got everybody there, one of the things that stuck out to me to really put on the sign. But if you're starting a village like, then and it's just just the coach in me too. Like we had your center, you had your quarterback, you had your wide receiver. Now find out what people are good at and give them give them some responsibilities so that they can shine. You know, in that space Mm -hmm. type thing you know and make the village function as a as a whole
0: Mm -hmm. excellent awesome i appreciate you uh sharing that one so in in the context like my next note here which is perfect building a team yeah so how do you build a team i mean you've taken people from from uh you've taken multiple teams in multiple different contexts right from from zero to hero so if if do you have any advice to anybody else who's trying to get a, the same type of success with a team that they're building?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, communication is key when you're building a team. Um, you know, one of the things we have is like a Facebook, you know, uh, page for, for business. Um, and I try to be very involved in there, like going live and just putting content out. But, uh, you know, and, uh, so obviously communication, um, building a team like i said a while ago finding out what they're good at what they respond to um and again you can only do so much i mean if i feel like i'm bending over backwards like crazy and they're not giving anything back i mean you know you, you you've got to put that time and energy into people who you know really want it um so building a team it kind of does entail some of those things from the village question you got to you know get a, get a community put a put its community together um a sense of community i should say um a mission statement's good a lot of times like you know going into uh painting vision for your team like going into 2021 you know it's for us in this space it's you got new year's resolutions and all that Mm -hmm. and just keeping that vision clear of like hey we're going in the new year um but you know i i'm not picky about you'll hear some people say i'm looking for a certain type of person this and that um in a lot of, you know, look, recruitings, people recruit in the military, people recruit in my wife was a realtor. When I met her, she's not anymore. We both work from home. Uh, and she's got her own story. When I started helping her, uh, in business, in the business, she's asking me what I, if I, what I do is legal or not. She had a little bit, just a little bit of time with her sons. Like, all right. So got her rolling. Um, but like, so building a team, I mean, yeah, like, like, I'm not picky about I'm not picky about who I bring in because I feel like I can help polish that person give them confidence. I think you gotta hit a lot of people don't have confidence a lot of people talking about like you said like you said they they settle for mediocrity or or whatever it was um they at the same time a lot of people don't have confidence so bring people in to bring people in create a community um where they feel like they're a part of it. And then help them develop confidence, you know, do your best to to help with that.- mm-hmm.
0: And I like what you said about earlier, uh, finding the strength, yes, and emphasizing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, because some people you know it may be something real small, just get them a, help them get a small win, you know, and then others may have like bigger goals, and they you know they and, and you know like for example the 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 name of our page is one brick at a time and I'm named it that because I want the new guy to see and everybody to see really like look everybody just builds it one brick at a time sure some people build things in whatever whatever profession they're in you know they build it faster than others but consistency is you know one brick at a time
0: mhm yeah the great wall of china that's how it was built yeah exactly excellent All right. Um, to, to kind of wrap up community a little bit, I wanted to talk about East Texas and the places you've traveled. So, uh, of course you're, you're, you know, from a small town similar to me, but you've been to Antarctica, like you mentioned earlier, Africa, you've been to the, all kinds of white sand beaches and places like that. And my question is not so much as like what, what, what has been your travel log, but more so like in the places that you've gotten to visit and the, the opportunity that you've gotten to, you know, the things that you've gotten to see and the people you've gotten to interact with in different parts of the world, what have those people taught you about um, just being a person and a citizen of the planet? Like, what, what could you kind of see as kind of commonalities maybe or maybe things that you just didn't expect when you were approaching different communities and cultures? Like, what yeah. insights could you share from your travels?
1: Well, like, I mean, my first, My wife and I's first date, Billy Bob's, Texas, uh, Josh Abbott band. We hit it off. I asked her her, where her dream trip was. She said Bora Bora. Three months later, I'm on a knee. We stayed in an overwater bungalow. I'm on a knee in the waters of Bora Bora proposing to her. And I say that because I bought her a seashell necklace made of seashells from there in Bora Bora um, from a local lady who was just the nicest lady. And, you know, you just see it in their face. Like, those people are like, it wasn't a diamond ring whatever but like man she was so proud of that and she's so happy with so just what they had the resources they had there she's a happy happy healthy person and i think that's a lot that's a commonality when you go to places like that like man when we went to africa we got to visit this village where um i mean they drank what was it they drank cow blood mm. cow milk and ate beef that was like I forgot the name of the tribe, but they had very very little. I mean, we watched this dude sit down with a stick and do his, you know, mm-hmm. hands together and make a fire right there. And I think it would teach you to just be real appreciative of what you have. We I mean, just we forget like running water and little things like that. Like you know, you can say that and it sounds kind of cliche or whatever. But like when you're s- sitting there and you see people in a village or living like that, their their house. The woman's job is to make the the house out of cow dung mm. like literally cow crap and i mean i had to hunch over i'm like six three and i had a hunch over to go inside there and it's like one room uh if you want to call it that but it's made a it's made of cow dung and it sounds like a joke <laughs> but, i mean people right. will gripe about things and they're they may they have houses made out of cow crap
0: yeah perspective <laughs> yeah definitely definitely anything else on that
1: well, I just no, I mean I and I, I just encourage people to travel though. I mean, like I think of all things, you know, my wife and I are not materialistic, but if we're gonna spend money on anything, it's traveling. Because I think when we're all rocking back and forth in a rocking chair and we get old, you know, you know, it's cool. I'm gonna be able to say, Man, I remember we were staying in that bungalow and looked up in Bora Bora and the stars felt like they're gonna hit me right in the head or we stayed in that castle in Ireland and just I think those memories, like, and I think it's important if you have kids to, to have them and you know, I mean, I went to a brown beach, growing up Galveston with tar balls rolling up, and that was our trip every year. You know, we don't do brown beaches anymore, and I don't say that, egotistically or whatever. Just we do white beaches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Uh, I just, I encourage people to travel, man, because like that was a good topic because you get to learn about other people and so do your kids. If you have kids, you get to experience other foods. And those memories are things nobody can take away, you know?
0: Yeah. Excellent. All right. So to wrap up our conversation, I wanted to talk about company uh that's how we wrap up every strong calm conversation but uh company building a business or the company that you keep and um wanted to talk to you about like six the success in your industry that you've experienced but also the setbacks so you've experienced some some significant setbacks some some just like when you were starting Mm -hmm. of course you had some setbacks there people not trusting what you did that kind of stuff right uh but you've had bigger setbacks as well. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about that and how, how that felt and where you were at and then what
1: happened afterward. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we had a business before that we put a a lot of time and effort into, you know, for years, but it also at the same time gave us a lot of time more than most people, you know, um, with our, with our kiddos and whatnot, but we, You know, we we bought a – we have a seven-figure home out on the the Animas River in Colorado, a second home there. Um, Our kids are in, you know, private school. Um, These are all things I couldn't have done before for sure. But then, boom, lost that business that allowed those things. Literally, like, income gone. And, man, that was a blow. What would you say percentage-wise? percentage what of income all of it okay like let's say 99% wow gone and you know you had built that from the ground up and you put time sweat and tears and energy into it you put the rubber on the road you know you so you're one you're the top you're the top we finished number one overall in leadership in that company three years in a row that what leader what that means is that's a reflection of they look at they literally look at a sheet and go, How many people are they helping win? And we were help well, we were number one three times. And uh and then just boom, that was gone. So
0: I want to pause on that for just a second of just mm-hmm. like what were those conversations like? And of uh, like not not necessarily between you and your wife, but also just like between you and yourself. Like <sighs> you've been working for yeah, you know, bricklaying. And then it to be...
1: It never... I never cry. I'm not a big crier, but I just... It's like I didn't have time. It was just time to figure out a solution. It just... You go into action mode. Again, I'm not scared of work, man, I. but I, I was like, I don't, I'll go back teaching and coaching. I mean, we've to have to sell a lot of stuff. I mean, when you build that kind of income, it's like, okay, I got one more round in me here. Uh, you know, so we, we did our due diligence and research, but it was stressful, man. I mean, we lived here in, you know, in, in, in Holly tree here in Tyler, which is a, you know, there's a lot of doctors that live there, you know, and we have big old nice house and pool out back and it's like, okay, uh, you know, and we had quite a bit <clears throat> put back. <coughs> so I knew we could be okay for a little while, but at some point you got to do something, you know? Um, but it was stressful, man. I mean, we I didn't sleep hardly at all. Um, it's like I was just pushing myself through life. I mean, it was really tough taking a beating on me. And what's crazy is I had not been to church in like six years. Well, the Sunday, the Sunday before that news broke, the news literally broke three or four days after, I went to for some whatever reason, I went to church for the first time. I mean, I would work out in my garage gym, and my wife would pull out with the kids and go to church. And here I was just working out while they went to church. But for whatever reason, on the Sunday before the news broke, I just, out, after five or six years of not going once, I went to church. So it's like I was getting prepared. You know, people have different beliefs on that and all that, but I think that kind of happened for a reason. So it was tough. It was a tough time.
0: What was the message? You, you, you highlighted that. So like what, what, was there anything about that experience when you went to church like prior to that in like influenced no, what you weird. did or how it's you like thought it, about
1: it? No, it just was, it just, just like it built up for a while and just like, I just felt like it was just, it was time that mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was just time to go for mm-hmm. whatever. It's like a voice was telling me it was time to go. Yeah. You know? Um. So, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, watching your wife pack boxes in tears because, you know, she came from a, you talk about small, tiny, tiny uh, town, Parsons, Kansas, small. And we were come from both very humble beginnings. So it was the nicest house by far that either of us had ever lived in. And, you know, now, like, she's packing. But I made it a mission. I looked at my wife packing boxes in tears, and I was like, and then we started building our, this business and I rolled over one night and I told her cause we had still, were are saying, I said, we're not selling this house. I was like, by God, we're not selling this house. And so, you know, and we didn't for a long time. We stayed there for quite a, quite a bit longer. And then we, we ventured out now and live somewhere that has a little more land for the kids that run around, but a little yeah. more yard.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that and just because, because. You know, it can be. I think that's what people. I mean, everybody fears that. Yeah. But at the same time, like it was out of your control. Yeah. You couldn't even control it. Nope. And I think that's where uh, some people within like the direct sales industry and things like that, they might, they might have that trepidation to even stop them from from. And th- that would stop them from trying at all.
1: But it's at, its like perspective. It's like, man, look at all the experiences I got to have. Though, look at all the time. Like our, my three-year-old—he don't even know what daycare is. Like, you know, and look at—look at all the value he got. So it's all about perspective. I mean, and I wasn't scared to start over. I think once it's like riding a bike. You—you you know, you—you you have to. And that's with any, I think in any business, people have to have confidence, confidence that you will succeed. Just mm-hmm. You have to be confident. You might take some bumps on the chin, but you have to keep showing up, be consistent. Um, and I knew that I would succeed. I didn't know. I knew it was one brick at a time, mm-hmm. um, but wasn't scared to go for it again, you know?
0: Yeah. And and that's what you did. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I wanted to pause on that just for a little bit of a, just an understanding of you know that scope because that's that's a that's a crazy place to be. Yes. You know, starting from zero. Yeah. Again, um, but now you're kind of back in a in a in a position of strength, right?
1: Right. Yeah, and I mean we were just about to break into real estate. My wife, a former realtor, we've got um, again that place in Colorado at the beginning of the year. We circle the dates we want to go as a family and enjoy it, and then uh, the rest we kind of leave open for VR. VRBO, and uh, shout out to that. Y'all want to check it out? Holler at me. <laughs> uh, but um, so anyway, we we're already we were like just about to kind of get into you know like some, some some rent homes or or flipping or whatever you know into that space, and then poof, you know, mm-hmm. gone. So we're being more open minded that now um, as far as kind of doing doing that. We're working our way back to that. Um, definitely getting there, and. Yeah man, it's uh it was a wild ride the last 2 years, that's for sure. Emotional roller coaster. You talk about having to be mentally tough. And then a lot of people that a lot of people that happened to are very gun shy. They don't want to put themselves out there again, you know? And and everybody everybody's different. And then what I got to witness too is the way did people deal with it differently. You know, it's Yeah, cuz you had a whole
0: team that you were leading on there. Yeah.
1: And some people were just so hurt like and they just, it's like they didn't want to talk about anything else. I mean, I'm like, but me, I'll just, I, it was like go time again. I had time to cry. I had time to, to dwell. Like, and I respect, you you got to respect how the people deal with things differently. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's almost like I haven't even, still haven't even had time to process it. Really? What, what was lost and what, what happened. Yeah, just uh, yeah, 'cause it's just been getting after it, get to get back there and surpass it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the goal for you hasn't even really changed. No, it's still the same. You're you're playing the same game essentially. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, you know, and and then what I tell to people too, man, that's an indie. I mean, I was a coach for 11 years and and left and and uh, got canned about three times. Not because I did. That's just part of what happens in coaching. If you get a new athletic director come in. They're going to bring their own guys in, and mm-hmm. this time you know it's time to go find another job. So, I mean, you know, most people go through life and have a job change, you know. Uh, so, to me, that's how I was like, hey, job change. Because there's plenty of companies out there that have been around for a long, long time, and that's why I knew this time to do even more due diligence and look at the culture, look at the – I knew what to look for this time.
0: Yeah, you know? so let me – okay, so getting into that, say somebody wants to have a similar success, you know, in, in that – they're they're in the industry now they're in direct sales there's a lot of people in 2020 i imagine that jumped into the that that structure of business that type of business because it is a a great way to to start you know you kind of have business in a box scenario you know yeah so um i want to i want to definitely give some constructive uh tips and advice from somebody who has so much experience and success in it so like Say there's somebody that is considering, you know, in 2021, they got some big ambitions of like, I'm tired of where I'm at. I want to start creating my own uh, business for myself, but I, I feel like this could be a vehicle to do it. How do you identify that right vehicle?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think uh, the the culture goes a long way. So look at the type of people, you know, when you're looking at the company, uh, you know, I don't want to be in a company where you know, like I referenced earlier, like it's all flashy and, you know, you're taught to, you know, sit in front of a Lambo or a Ferrari that's not really even yours. You know, there's a lot of companies that say, fake it till you make it. And what I've always said is, no man, drive the banged up piece of crap, rusty old Chevy, um, so that you don't get in debt and make it like, like be you. I just don't think, so I think you've got to look, cause there's some that do it wrong, you know, with the flashiness and stuff like that. Um, I think you don't want to get, you don't want to be in a company where there's like a massive buy-in, you know, cause most people are walking around, don't have a lot of extra income. I mean, that's why they're looking at another business cause they want to, so something that it's not going to be a huge out of pocket, you know, um, but I think culture is a big one you look at the people and, and look at the, uh the foundation of it, the strength. Uh, and this is my preference. I've always said this. Uh, people have came at me knowing our success over the years and they, they, they pitched something at me about ground floor and I've always said, no thanks, dude. I don't want my face in the dirt. I'd rather be standing on some concrete. Like, it, not that a ground floor can't make it because everything was a ground floor at some point. It's just that the odds are stacked against you. I think, I don't remember, it's like 60-something percent of companies don't make it past two years, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we found something that's was kind of middle, of the not been around a long, long time, but not ground floor. Um, so those for me, those are some. And then look at the help, look at the, the person, the person who's is the person that's offering you help. Are they sincere? Are they, you, do, are they really going to be there to help you with questions and, you know, that type of thing? Is there going to be that community? Is there going to be that safety? Is there going to be that, uh, support mm-hmm. all that? Gotcha. Um...
0: How about some? How about some uh, concrete like prospecting tips and things like that? So like, I'm doing an event on the 15th mm. of this month, uh, and it's it's on prospecting to help people with that. But I was just curious of like, because I think that's where a lot of people get stuck sometimes. It's just how do I how do I enter the market with this new thing that I'm doing, and how do yeah. I start to build trust with people that you know with this new thing that I'm doing, and and start to get those early wins. So like, what what kind of uh, advice do you give? for people who are joining your team of how to approach people with a new kind of deal.
1: Yeah. So it's a balance. I mean, a lot of people think it's all about social media. It's not, I still think I eyeball eyeballs the best thing and you don't want to be that annoying person blowing up social media. So, you know, I always say like, like I got a brand new guy just got going, you know, in the space we're in, it's like, it's DNA based personalized nutrition, you know, unique honoring, unique individuals, giving them a plan based on their DNA, based on a, science-backed health assessment. So when they get their stuff in, I have them take a photo. They take a photo. Don't take a photo where it looks like you took the photo with a potato. You know, take a nice, clear photo. And that's the thing when you're a leader, too. You got to don't leave no rock unturned. Like, you have to be detailed with people. Take a nice photo, um, you know, uh, and then post, you know, something like can't wait to get started on personalized nutrition. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things. Looking forward to getting my DNA report back. That's it. I didn't post my link. I didn't say I'm now selling this. Uh, none of that. But you create curiosity. So I think through social media, one of my big rules with, with people is don't come across cheesy or salesy. Like anytime I'm like for every three or four me being goofy posts, something motivational, something about the family, something about travel. For every three or four of those, I may roll in a business post that pertains to my business but it's not like, hey, buy this. Or it's not just a product. It's what you should always ask yourself when you're posting about your product is uh, or your service or whatever, what has it done for me or someone else? So it's it's basically stories. What has this done for you or someone else? Because that's value for people as opposed to you're just like throwing something out there with a link. You know, mm-hmm. so in, we try to teach like, what has it done for you or someone else? So essentially you're creating a story. You know, that person makes that first one and, and and I'm of course just talking social media. Uh, But then like when they do get that report back, okay, cool, you know, maybe throw it up. Here's what I found interesting about it. So you've got people watching, you're creating a story. Um, And that's where you build, you know, and then once you get that first story, it's powerful because you can utilize, I knew, I didn't know a lot but I knew when I got that first $38 check and I had gotten that buddy and he started to have some success, some results, like this is powerful because he knows people. And now I can like tag him and do a shout out or whatever. Now he might have hundreds, if not thousands of friends that that I don't have that are mm-hmm. going to see it. So your stories are power, you know, and you start rolling with it's it's always what has it done for you or someone else?
0: Gotcha. I like it. Um so 2021 to wrap up. I'm just curious because this is going to come out in uh 2021 at the top of the year. So 2020's been a yeah, a whirlwind, I imagine. I don't know how much it's affected you and your business. But uh 2021, what are you what are you looking forward to? What are you thinking about? Like what's what's your ambition? What you know, what is uh fueling your fire and what do you hope to to get out of it?
1: Yeah, man, it's a uh it's a cr- it's clean slate for all of us. You know, I think that's exciting. Uh, everybody likes to have a kind of a fresh start. Uh, certainly crazy, crazy 2020 been nuts. So I'm just, you know, going to keep building on what we're doing. I look up, I look at what, what's happened in the last year and a half and, uh, continue to do that. I want to travel. I think a lot of us, I've seen some memes out there. where like, here's my travel photos from this past year. And it's all just like a bunch of blank, blank photos. <laughs> and, uh, so I wanna get back to that. It's been tough, you know, with all this crazy stuff uh, going on and uh, wanna to travel to some places. Um, definitely gonna hit up our Colorado home. Um, and uh, man, not, nothing massive other than, I wanna I want to get back to where we used to be. I mean, we're, work, we're getting there for sure, but I want not just that, I wanna surpass it. I mean, that's my goal and to help other people, you know, You know, get on the same playing field. Uh, That's want to help. We had 13. I tell you what's one goal for sure, a clear one. We had 13 people earn a trip, a five-star all-inclusive trip here uh, uh, to Cancun, and our next, our goal in 2021 is for over 30 couples. Uh, We had 13 couples. Our goal is to have over 30. So just building on that, helping more people have success, creating more stories out there. Excellent.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I, from from what I know from you, that thirty is definitely going to be attainable and essentially reached by this time next year. <laughs> I, I
1: I imagine. So, uh, anything
0: else that you want to share with the the StrongCom community?
1: That's it, man. Just, uh, you no, know, believe in yourself. Go get it. Um, I, I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear some more of Aaron. Aaron does great work, man. I just uh, I appreciate you putting out the value, of the content. So. Great.
0: Cool, man. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you all for listening. And go follow my man, Keith O'Brien, ex-Texas coach. That's the Instagram. Talk to you soon.